We, we all made it out here with the weather and all that good stuff. Uh, if you're visiting with us, um, it's good to see you. We're so glad you're here. We know it's tricky to try out a church, so way to go. <laughs> the hard part's over. Not really. um, okay, so if we would, let's open the Bible to John 8 before I say more awkward things. Um, we're going we're gonna to discuss today um, another question. We're doing this series... Um, called Explore God. A bunch of churches in town are doing this, um, 300 and something churches. And so we are one of those, and we're asking a question every morning um, when we meet together. And this one happens to be, is Jesus God? Okay, that's the question. Um, Last week we talked about, is Jesus too narrow? Which again, is a very loaded question, very interesting. Um, I think we had a good time talking about that. Um, Before that, we talked about um, suffering and how that's possible, if God is good. We've talked about a lot of things, but today we're going to talk about, is Jesus God? And this one, to me, is very interesting, because I love love discussing this, but but to me, it's it's the one question that I don't feel is overly loaded in this whole series, okay? It's it's one that that it's hard to get crazy emotional about, in my opinion, Um, because most of the time, people aren't going to treat Jesus like our story is going to treat Jesus, okay? Um, we have most people in our culture, uh, most would say that Jesus is a positive figure, right? Mostly. I, I don't have too many people that are like, yeah, I just don't like him. He wasn't nice. Or like, yeah, that, that stuff he did really makes me angry. Or like, man, just thinking of Jesus makes me want to punch someone. No one ever really does that, right? It's very rare that that happens. What do people usually call Jesus? What are some things people usually say about him positively? This is an answer time. He's a what? A good teacher. Okay, what else? A healer. What else? Do what? A good, I still didn't hear it, I don't think. Oh, right, right, yes, yes. A very good model for us, a role model. Exactly right. Sorry I made you say that nine times. My fault. Anyone else? A what? That's what I thought you said. That's brilliant. I like it. I like it. So I'm going to give him one more shot. Make sure that's what I really heard for. I'm like, hippie? Yes. And you're like, no, dude. I said Lord, and you said hippie. Right on. Right on. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. Who, who else? That, I've heard this also. What else? What does our world say about him? Prophet. A teacher. All right. Anything else? We'll do one more. A rebel. Okay. Also good, I I think. (laughs) I think that sounds good to me. So here's the thing. Again, we have most of these things people would say are somewhat positive, right? I I mean, some people might say, that dirty hippie Jesus, but I doubt it, right? Like, I doubt that's what they're saying when they say he's a hippie. Um, I doubt when someone says Jesus was a rebel, they're meaning that he was, you know, I was going to say out for no good. What is that? Up to no good. (laughs) Up to no good. Um, So... So anyway, I want us to look at this passage, though, in John 8. I want us to talk about a, a different group of people, what they're saying about Jesus. Because we need to look at this. If we're going to understand Jesus being God, or if we're going to even discuss the question, um, why do we claim in Christianity, most of us, that Jesus is God? Okay? Why do we claim that? And so let's look at this and uh, see what's happening here. John 8, and I'm going to start reading in 42. It's going to kind of be a long passage. Bear with me. Follow along. Or you can just listen to me. Whatever. It says this in 42. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. 
For I came from God and am now here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. Okay, that's interesting. Jesus just told a group of people, you belong to your father, the devil. He says, and you want, to carry, um, you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you don't believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. So he's already made a few claims here. He claims to at least be very, very knowledgeable and very wise. He even claims to know kind of inside them, right? He even claims to know their motives. He claims to understand them differently, okay? Prophetically, we'll say that, right? And then he's talking about God like he knows God. God is his father, all these things. Still not too out there, but, but bold things for him to say to this group of Pharisees that's here in this crowd. And he says, also throws in there, I belong to my father, God. You belong to your father, the devil. Okay, very interesting. They're going right here. It's, it's about to be a back and forth. And then we have verse 48, though. Then things escalate. And things change. And Jesus, uh, we'll get there. The Jews answered him. And this is intriguing also. They just got called the devil by Jesus, or said they were sons of the devil. The Jews answer him, aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? Yeah. That's, that's bad. Okay, real quick, Samaritans in that day um, were hated by Jews. They were their least favorite people in the world. They hated them more than Romans. They would go outside, they would walk around their town if they needed to go on the other side of their town and put themselves in perilous danger to bandits or wild animals or exposure, all these things, so that they wouldn't have to walk through the town because they were so impure in their eyes. Very, very racist thing for them to say right then. They are basically saying, you're a Samaritan. We're going to call you that. We know you're not, but we're going to say to us, you're a Samaritan. You're dirty and filthy, and we don't want to be near you. You are making us unclean with your presence, Jesus, which is strong words. And then they say, oh, yeah, and also, aren't you demon-possessed? Which is, again, strong words. Even in our culture today, people probably don't say, Oh, that Jesus. Oh, yeah. That was that demon-possessed guy a way long time ago, right? They don't do that. So we have this back and forth that's escalating so quickly here. And Jesus says, and he answers them, I am not possessed by a demon, said Jesus, but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. I tell you the truth. If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Okay. Another strong, bold thing for Jesus to say here. He says, in fact, I know your hearts, and I understand, and I'm wise, and I'm claiming that. Also, though, if you do what I say, if you believe my words, what I'm giving you, if you believe those things, you will not taste death. And then they say, and at this the Jews exclaimed, they're getting more angry. Now we know that you're demon-possessed. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say that if anyone keeps your word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Okay, so the story is like culminating. 
and getting excited, right? They have this back and forth. And Jesus says, if you believe in my words, you won't taste death. And they say, are you kidding me? Are you saying this? Let us get this straight. You're saying that if they just believe in the words you are saying, someone will not taste death? So you're saying people believed Abraham, yet they still died. Abraham himself even died. The prophets died. They were from God. You're saying you're greater than the prophets. We just want to be straight with you, Jesus. Is that what you're saying? And he says, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim is your God, is the one who glorifies me, though you do not know him. I know him. If I say I did not, I would be a liar like you, but I do not hold, I do, I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. And they say, you are not yet 50 years old, the Jews said to him, and you have seen Abraham? And then Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. I tell you the truth, Jesus says, before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to kill him. But he hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Dramatic story here with Jesus and, and these Jewish men. Crazy thing, though. You go back to Exodus. The statement, Jesus saying, I tell you the truth, I am, comes from, comes from God doing something very similar to Moses. You remember um, God is asking Moses through a burning bush, right? I said that like it was very commonplace. You remember when the bush was burning and God talked in it? You remember that story? Anyway, that's happening, right? That's happening in the Old Testament. And Moses is going to go speak to Pharaoh about freeing the Israelite people, right? And so he says to God, to this bush that God is talking out of, he says, so what is your name? I don't even think I know who you are. When they say, what God is this sending you to tell me this? What should I tell them? And God says this to him. Um, or I'll just read the whole thing. It says, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me, and they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. There's not a descriptor for me. I am. And I will be what I will be. All of these things, possibility, covenant, power, mercy, all of these things that are far-reaching for you, that you will, you will never have, even if you worked your life for, I am those things and more. I embody those things are only voiced because of me. I am the I am. Or I will be what I will be. And so from this time, when Moses gets God's name, Till now, no one utters that. And no one claims to be the I am, or they get murdered immediately. And Jesus, with these Pharisees and scribes and religious teachers and the who's who of the Jewish community, have this conversation, and he boldly says to them in this culminating conflict, he says, before Abraham was, I am. 
and they immediately want to stone him to death. And here's the deal. We've, we've probably heard some of this before, but l- let's talk about this claim for just a second. Jesus claims through that to be God. And everyone understood it. That's why they wanted to kill him all of a sudden. They're like, ah, we now have to kill you with stones. You've just claimed to be God. We don't do that here. Right? There's other times in Scripture where people declare him as God, and he says, it is as you say. You're right, I am. Just then he says, before Abraham was, I am. So here's the deal. Um, uh, theologians have argued this. Uh, C.S. Lewis writes beautifully about this. Let me just talk about this for a second. He can be all those things we discussed. Um, he does do miracles, which is really awesome, uh, really brilliant and cool, and I like it. I liked him for that when I was little. I was like, that is the coolest thing ever. He made a person see by spitting in their face. That's awesome, right? Or he made mud with spit, put it in their face. Now they see, I like Jesus. He's really cool for that, right? Or he, this, uh, this widow is on the road. Her son has just died in there carrying him to be buried. And he sees them and has compassion. And he just, in passing, raises the kid up from the dead and says, here, go back to your mother. Who doesn't like that guy? This, this little girl dies. Everyone is mourning about. They laugh at him for saying, no, 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 she's only asleep. He walks in, touches her hand, and basically says, my daughter or my little darling. It's this like really nice phrase that Jewish fathers would say to their daughters that they love. And he says this sweet, cute phrase, and she gets up. And he says, someone get her something to eat and drink. And they're like, oh, Okay. That sounds great. She must be thirsty. You know? We can like Jesus for all those things. Lots of the world believes those things. Or they at least love the idea of him doing those things, right? He is a great teacher. Okay? I hate when Christians are like, no, he's not a great teacher. Well, no, he was pretty solid at teaching, actually. (laughs) Like, that's not a good way to enter that argument. He was a good teacher. The world is right for saying that. They are exactly right for saying he was very wise, taught beautiful things, Someone said uh, a role model, right? Of course he is. He was the happiest person that ever lived. Mourned the deepest, was the happiest, most joyful. He cared the most, was the, probably the most pleasant person to be around in history, right? So that's true also. The problem is when we say that he's God. And the problem to me is Jesus says he's God. And so the argument goes like this, I guess. Um, people say he's either uh, a liar because he says um, that he's God and he's not, right? And so that means he's really not a good teacher. That kind of shoots that down. He's not a good teacher if you lie, right? He's not a good, lots of things if you lie. He's not a good friend if he takes people, 12 guys, and lives his life with them, gets them to believe this thing, does all this. And then if he says he's Lord when he's really not, then he's a liar and really not a good guy. The absolute moral role model is out because he's a liar and he lied to so many people and got them to do so many things because of that lie, right? Caused them to change their lives, do all these things because of the lie. So that, that means that that's, he's either a liar, meaning not a good man, in my opinion, for lying in this way, or he's a lunatic, he's a crazy person because he actually does think he's Lord and he's not. So then that draws a whole new set of problems um, because then they're following a crazy person around, which is, you know, fine for a little bit, I'm sure, but you know, to go through with it and die for this lunatic that actually does think he's God, 
is another thing. We've all seen that in our, in our culture. We have people every once in a while that really do think they're God, they think they're Jesus, or whatever else. And some of them, I believe them that they think that. That's, that's the sad one, you know? It's, and that's unfortunate and sad that you do think that's who you are. So then that draws another problem. So he's either the liar, he's a crazy person, or, or he's telling the truth, and he actually is God. Like, those are, those are kind of our options. I know that simplifies it way, way too much. But that's, in my head, that's the option, because he can't say he's God, in my opinion, and then still be a good teacher or an upright moral guy or a role model. Um, he can't be a crazy person and then be, you know, a model for us to follow, in my opinion, either. And so we have this issue, and we have this tension. And I was thinking about this this week a lot. And I was like, man, that... I don't know why I'm not comfortable with that being all. I don't know why I'm not comfortable in just telling all of you that and being like, all right, the end, right? Like we've solved a debate, or we solved a great mystery, a lot of Christians will use that argument and be like, we won, you know? Which I think is absolutely crazy. I think that's frustrating. And so this week, I've had a really hard time. You know, like, how am I going to, how all of us are going to look at each other and we're going to say, okay, that's it, good. We solved it. He said he's God, he must be, right? He's not a liar or a lunatic, in my opinion, so he must be. If he says so, he is. And the issue is, the truth of it for me, is that doesn't have to mean anything either. That does not have to change your life. Just for us to say factually, or in an argument, or in a debate, or in a nice service where all of us are here, a lot of us agreeing on the same thing, probably, it doesn't have to do anything for us to know or believe that he is God. I thought about this this week. I said, man, the difference is, and it's the difference in my life too, and I live it every day, try to decide if I'm going to believe that or if I'm going to believe that all the way, through and through, deep to my core, deep in my brain, deep in my, like, my heart for real, all in everything banking on it, is he my actual realistic, literal Lord. I can believe him that he says he is God all day. And that may not change my day a single bit. That will not change necessarily the way I speak with my wife. It will not change the way I act at work. It will not change how I'm going to parent. It will not do those things. The things that will change it is not me just giving it a service here to you and like saying it very nicely or being witty every once in a while and all that, the the difference is, am I going to bank my life on that? Am I going to bank my life on him actually being Lord? And if he says he's the I am, I should treat him as such. That's the one. That's the one that is going to actually move us forward. That is the one that actually does change a neighborhood and a city and a relationship and yourself. That's the one. It's yes. He says he's the I am. Am I going to bank my life on that? Or am I going to be 
extremely normal and know an argument? Am I going to have a system of believing it? Am I going to be able to articulate it well? Or am I just going to say to the core of me, that is the only thing. To the core of me, I want the I am. That is it. I want the I am to be the I am in my life. I want a Lord and I want to follow one. That is the question. That is the question I want us to ask ourselves. Maybe the best question isn't, is Jesus God? But is Jesus Lord? Is he Messiah? Are you you living as if he is who he says he is? That's the question. All the cute sayings in the world and all the logical arguments, the world, I'm afraid, just doesn't care that much. They care about people, and they care when people to the core of them are changed people. They care when people are so countercultural to injustice and, and just the frustration and the morality failings and the, the, just the, I don't know, the systems of injustice that we're a part of, honestly, when we fight them with all of ourselves because we believe he's the I am. That's what I want us to ask. And that, at Austin New Church, is going to be, that's going to be our everything. And we're just going to say that all the way. We're not, we're not going to argue as much over him being, him saying he's God, or is he God, is he God's son, what's the difference to that? We're going to say, is he altering your life moment by moment? Are you a different man or a different woman or a different student or a different parent or a different husband because the I am is with you? And I, and I just want us to ask ourselves that. I need to ask myself that. I believed Jesus was God since I was four and heard it. There's been like questionable times in between. We've talked about those here. That's different from believing and banking my life on him as my Lord. So I want to pray for us. We'll, we'll continue in worship. Lord, we, uh, we, we understand and we know that it's not enough just to think or say we believe that Jesus wasn't a liar or a crazy person. It's not going to change the world to believe that in our brains. It's not going to change the world to chalk that up as we have a, a nice Judeo-Christian ethic. And we are now going to be good people. It's not enough. We confess that to you and we know it. We know where the confession comes in for me, God, is I say that out loud. And yet, often, that is all you are to me this idea I agree with and I want so much more than that we want so much more than that as a church as a people you are calling to change the world we want to bank our life on you as the I am 
We want to believe it to the, the point of altering our decisions. We want to believe it to the point of standing up for injustice because it actually does sicken us, not because we pretend it does. We actually want to see your kingdom come right now. We actually want to be a part of this beautiful dance of God, this kingdom of heaven that is at hand. So we plead with you to help us. Help us to know you as Lord deeply. If it's the only thing we know for sure. We love you.